You're listening to the Hustlenomics Podcast, Episode 13. Sometimes a creative business idea means combining the unexpected. Southern Peddler is the epitome of this brilliant business tactic, and their creativity and ingenuity has paid off. If you never thought you would combine a bike ride with sipping on your favorite drink with a travel excursion and 15 of your best friends, then you're definitely missing out. Thankfully, Ronnie Shetty and her husband did just that, and they have found a whole new way to explore Atlanta. Since most of the women I talk to own online businesses, I was excited to hear about Ronnie's experience running a brick-and-mortar operation, as well as the unique perspective that comes with building a business that has competitors all over the world. I hope you enjoy my interview with the awesome Ronnie Shetty, and don't forget to book your spot on one of their amazing party bikes when you're in Atlanta. All right, let's jump in. listening to the Hustlenomics podcast, a podcast all about inspiring female creative entrepreneurs, their stories, experiences, and life lessons. Hear from women across the U.S. working in creative industries who are breaking the rules and doing things their way. Learn from their challenges, struggles, failures, and successes, and get an inside look at their top tools and resources that help them along the way. This episode is sponsored by Women's Wellness Weight Management your total weight loss solution in the greater Augusta, Georgia area. We all know that as business owners and creative entrepreneurs, sometimes our health can fall by the wayside. We're so focused on our to-do lists and our projects that sometimes we forget to focus on ourselves. I believe that having a healthy body and a healthy mindset can also help us have a healthy business. And Women's Wellness Weight Management is here to help transform lives one pound at a time. Visit them online at www.womenswellnessaugusta.com. Hi, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Hustlenomics podcast. I'm your host, Katie, and today I'm talking with Ronnie Shetty, and she just launched Southern Peddler here in Atlanta in 2017. So, Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks, Katie. I'm excited to be here. So, would you mind telling us a little bit about yourself and what Southern Peddler is? Yeah, so I am originally from Ohio, and I moved down right after graduating college about 11 years ago. So I like to call Atlanta my home now. Um, I'm married and have a daughter who's 18 months um, and is such a blessing and sunshine. And our wonderful dog, Abby, uh, who is a cute little beagle. Um, So that's a a little bit about me personally. Um, Southern Peddler actually came about uh, because my husband and I are avid travelers. And so we also watch, you know, travel shows. Uh, Rick Steves, for example, and uh, one day we saw uh, the, the party bike in Amsterdam on an episode and thought it was absolutely fantastic and thought we need to bring this here. Except we had just graduated business school and had just bought a house and we're getting married. So the time wasn't right. Um, fast forward a couple years at the end of 2016, we had our wonderful baby, but that kept us really busy. So on our first weekend away in Asheville, North Carolina, uh, we were walking around and the amazing popsicle drove by and I just got so excited and we just had to do it. So my husband booked a a tour that night um, and the experience was amazing. Uh, Our tour guide was a local and just knew the city so well. She actually ended up changing our entire itinerary for the weekend Uh, by showing us some really cool spots that we didn't know about and had never heard of. So decided to change our plans. And those spots were just incredible. Uh, I can't imagine 
uh, visiting Asheville without going to the Champagne Bar, for example, and that used bookstore is the most amazing bookstore I've ever been in. So things like that. Um, so that weekend, we were like, okay, how do we bring this to Atlanta? It's about time that we launch our own business, do something on our own, um, and just decided after you know just some searches on our phones, hey, we can do this, we can make this happen. Let's let's jump into it. So as soon as we got home, we started googling, doing lots more research, um, and that's just kind of how it all started. Um, so just to tell you a little bit more about Southern Peddler, we are Atlanta's only party bike. So if you've never seen a party bike, it's this giant vehicle where 15 people can pedal um, and ride down the streets of Atlanta. We focus our tours in the Midtown area and do two-hour tours, pub crawl style. So we stop at two to three bars along the way. Um, and we like to point out the fun local places that we like to visit and the special deals that we like to go out for and share all of that experience with people who are visiting from out of town or locals who may not spend as much time in the Midtown area. Um, so it's a really exciting um, opportunity to see Atlanta. We always we also like to focus on specialty tours. So we're about to launch a brunch tour. Um, and my favorite is a fitness tour. So you'll get to experience pedaling around Atlanta, as well as a little yoga, a little uh, um, high intensity workout and a little bit of pure bar. So we're super excited to partner with uh, area instructors. And I am so excited to do this specialty tour. That sounds so fun. So when I was in New Orleans, um, me and my family, they're a big athletic family. So they're like, let's take a bike tour around the city. Of course, I'm on vacation, like um, <laughs> exercise on vacation. I just want to relax. <laughs> but they, we did a bike tour around the city and it turns out to be just like the coolest thing ever. Like you said, you end up seeing a bunch of spots you probably would have never had the chance to see before. So this is not just like individual bikes, right? This is one big bike. Can you kind of explain how it works? Yeah, it is one large bike. And okay. uh, we can allow up to 15 people on board, but only 10 are actually pedaling. So this is a great family kind of an event or big group kind of an event where you can all go together, but you don't necessarily have to pedal yourself the whole way, right? So if you're not an avid biker, uh, or you're not comfortable riding bikes in the street, this is a better opportunity for you to see, but also pedal while you do it. So, you know, we're all kind of a little health conscious. Um, and if you're going to be drinking and eating, uh, why not get a little bit of exercise while you do it? Um, and, and it's a lot more fun since you're doing it together. Yeah. And feel a little less guilty about like having that pastry at brunch <laughs> or that extra mimosa. <laughs> Yes, you can, you can sneak in the next mimosa by by all the pedaling you do. Yeah, I love that idea. Um, I'm all for that. So you kind of mentioned like riding bikes in the street. Not, I was really bad at it. I almost hit a couple cars. But like, how do you manage riding this big bike in the middle of downtown Atlanta? If anybody's listening and they have never been to Atlanta, drivers are insane. Driving downtown can be quite the experience. So how has that worked for you guys? Based on the streets we go on, people really aren't driving super fast, but we're also a very large vehicle. So we're really hard to miss um, and take up an, you know the entire lane. So it actually makes it a little bit easier. And because we're very unique right now, people are very conscious of us being on the road and are quite careful, um, if not 
a little too excited about seeing it out on the road. We get a lot of people driving next to us with their with their phones, uh, taking videos and pictures of us. Um, so that that's a bit of a concern for me. But uh, people are very conscious, so it makes actually makes it a little bit easier for us to be out on the road and still be safe. Okay, gotcha. So now that everybody kind of understands what it is that you do, I'd love to go back to kind of the beginning. You said that you and your husband both went to business school, right? Yes, we actually went to business school here at Tech um, and graduated in, I graduated in 2012 and he graduated in 2013. Um, So we're very avid alumni and very involved in, in the community. That's awesome. So were you guys always interested in being business owners or were you looking just to kind of go into the business world? Um, so I don't know if uh, either of us really had a true intention of working for ourselves or what that would look like. Uh, we have actually spent almost our entire career in corporate America. I actually am still working full time for SunTrust here in Atlanta. Um, so I, th- I think that was just kind of the safe route. But after going to business school, learning more about, you know, various topics uh, about how to run businesses. I think it just kind of made sense for us to take a step back after we got married and had kids. Um, And because we had two brains instead of one, it just made it a lot easier. Yeah, I like that. And so what's it like working and owning a business with your husband? Uh, So I I really thought this was going to be a lot more challenging than it is. Uh, we do argue a little bit more than we did before, um, but, you know, it's just, there's a lot of compromise. There's a lot of, you know what, I just have to trust him and he's going to, he's going to do a great job. Um, especially since I'm not involved necessarily on a, you know, hands-on basis every minute of the day. Uh, but he's been the best colleague I've ever worked with. Um, so I actually really enjoy working with him and it's, I think it's made our relationship stronger. That's so cool. So like, did you guys have to sit down in the beginning and kind of strategize like, this is what I'm good at? This is what you're good at? And like, did you find that you were complimenting each other? or You had a lot of the same skills? How did you guys kind of separate what you're going to do within the business? So you would have thought that we would have played to our skill sets and based on our past education experience. But I feel like we probably swapped some of our experience in how we, you know, manage the business. For example, I, Daniel has a marketing degree. I do not. I was an engineer. Uh, but I actually, at the beginning, definitely took over a lot of the, the social media and kind of building um, all of that and what platforms we'd use. Um, so it was rather odd, but we just kind of started and kind of felt our way through the whole process. And kind of just did whatever worked for each of us and whatever, and kind of learned about what each other's strengths were, uh, which may have been different than what we may have anticipated initially. Um, And I'm very much an operations person and now he's taking care of a lot of that stuff. So, um, but it's just kind of trial and error until we figured it out and what, what we were each good at. Yeah, definitely. And I'm always so fascinated by people who work with like their spouse or their family or their best friend because you know you always hear the horror stories I've heard better stories than worse recently which is always great but have you guys kind of put into place things that help you 
balance that relationship, that work relationship, life relationship? Because I mean, you're working together and you go home together. So it's like, have you guys found ways to um, really make that work for your life and your relationship? Um, honestly, I don't think so. Um, only, only because we're still launching. The lines are so blurred between our personal lives and our work lives. Uh, we have some family traditions that we like to to do on a daily basis, like take walks together with our daughter and our dog. Um, and as much as it should be a sanctuary for family time, we're constantly talking about work and what, you know, ideas that we have and things like that. So I think the lines are really blurred right now, but I think that's pretty common for when you're launching a business. Um, but then, you know, we still will make time for each other in the evenings, um, whenever possible. It just, and it might have to be a little bit more flexible than we, you know, had opportunities for in the past. Definitely. So a lot of the people that I talk to have mostly online businesses and they do kind of everything virtually, but do you guys have a brick and mortar store that you guys do all this out of? So it's not like a traditional storefront, but we do have a physical location where, you know, we're on the bike. So we're actually doing the tours ourselves uh, with our pedal guides. Uh, we're very hands-on at this at this point. Um, so yeah, we do. And it, it would have been easier if we had picked an online business where, you know, we could have just worked from home. But having to physically be somewhere uh, is always a challenge, especially when it comes to babysitting um, and, you know, not and wanting to be able to spend some time with our daughter. So it, it just becomes a little bit more of a logistical challenge, but we're working through it. And the more we reach out to others for help, uh, the more I think we can be more successful. Um, so we've hired on, we've, we're up to four employees. Um, we call them pedal guides. Um, and they're, they're absolutely phenomenal and unique in their own way and bring a different perspective to the Atlanta area than, than we might. Um, so it just provides a variety of um, opportunities for our guests. And that allows us to be able to have one of us stay at home with Amelia at all times um, and limit the amount of money we spend on babysitting. Um, but yeah, that's, that's one challenge that's been a tough hurdle to, to overcome. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like there's so much that goes into finding a good space for your business. And I would love to hear y'all's journey about that. Um, you know, just finding the space, what it took to go about, you know, renting it or however you guys do it. Just, I feel like we, a lot of people don't talk about the logistics of it and they think, oh, I'll just find a space and sign here and it's mine. Um, so I would love to hear about the journey that you guys took finding the the space that was right for you. This was the most challenging thing for us. We did not expect it to be so challenging. We thought this would be easy, uh, easy peasy, <laughs> no problem. That's most people do, but well so we thought we would just put the bikes in a storage location and call it a day except for uh the bike is too big for storage locations it makes it very difficult to get it in and out and on top of that most storage locations don't have outlets for you to plug the bike in uh, we do have a motor assist on the bike so we have to plug in our bikes every day uh so that was that was a huge nightmare for us to try and figure it out um, and the story of how we found our location is quite random. Uh, I was just driving around town. I was headed on my way between work and an event. And I was just driving around Midtown, uh, just kind of going up and down streets in potential areas we were interested in looking at and stumbled upon this building. 
even today, most people don't know this building even is there because it's so bland uh, that, you know, it's just a storage location. It's just a warehouse. There's no bells or whistles about it. So a lot of people just kind of don't even notice it. Um, so I, and there's no signs on it or anything. So it was quite a challenge to figure out who owned this building, talk to some of the local restaurants uh, and businesses in the area to see if anybody knew anything about it. Uh, luckily, we found a, a real estate agent who dug deep into kind of figuring out who owned it, and we did figure it out. And so then it all kind of worked out. But if I hadn't just driven around one day to kind of check, scope out the area, we never would have noticed this place. But as soon as I saw it, I was like, this is the place. Um, so we got very lucky because we're in the middle of Midtown Atlanta. There's not a lot of storage place for a vehicle this large uh, with a roll-up door, with electricity. This is the most challenging thing that we had to face so far. Yeah, I think it's such a misconception. People just don't really like realize how many steps that it takes to actually end up finding a space. And then once you find it, if you have to renovate anything, it's just I've, I can't imagine doing it myself, but I'm always interested in the process. Yeah. And the tough uh, thing is we didn't have options to renovate or anything like that. We were very, very limited. So we just had to kind of go with whatever whatever worked for us and, and make it work. So right. This, That's the key. Yeah. <laughs> Making it work. To be really flexible. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, this bike sounds like it's a pretty big thing. So how did you go about getting the bike? Did you have to make get it specially made? Yeah. So there are only, like, maybe a handful of manufacturers across the country that make these bikes. Uh, mm -hmm. So we actually did a lot of research there, you know, and looked at every single one, but found one out in Bend, Oregon. Uh, what was unique about our bike is it was actually a used bike and was like maybe a year and a half, two years old. And this was an opportunity for us to be able to kind of get our feet wet before making a huge investment. These bikes are not cheap at all. They're, when I tell people how much they actually cost, they're amazed uh, by how expensive, since they're pretty simple, but because there's only five manufacturers and they're all handmade, you know, it makes sense to have to pay so much. So the used bike allowed us to kind of get our feet wet and just try it out before we make huge investments. So we found a gentleman out in Bend, Oregon and a company he works with who makes his bikes. And he has probably like 50 or 60 bikes out in the market right now. Um, so they're really good quality bikes, come with a motor um, and are just really well built. Um, so that's kind of how we ended up choosing that manufacturer. Um, and one fun thing is that I have not mentioned is that we actually have a smaller bike as well. Uh, it is called a conference bike and it is a round bike where I've, there's six people and everybody faces each other in a circle. So wow. you, you really have to see a picture of this because um, it really is unique. Um, and the gentleman we worked with happened to have an extra one. So I was just like, I don't know where the money's coming from, but let's make this happen because it was just such a fun and unique bike that I just had to have it. Um, so that also helped in uh, building our business because if you don't have 15 friends, um, this is another opportunity for you to still be able to ride. Definitely. Do you do like groups that are mixed to like maybe it's dip four different families or something like that or do you usually have just like big groups that come together 
So we have two options in how we uh, book our bikes. So you can do a private tour, which is, you know, if you do have the 15 friends or up to 21 total, because you can take both bikes out together. Um, So if you have up to 21 people, you can book a private tour. um, And it's just you and your friends, however many people you want to have up to 21 people. Um, And then the other option is our mixer tours, which is if you are coming in town or you want to do like a date night or something, and it's just you and your significant other or friend, uh, you can hop on and there might be a couple other groups on board. Um, So you're really mixing it up. Um, And these are really fun. We actually had a group last night who it was two groups um, that came out together and after the very first bar, they were mixing it up and, you know, weren't sitting next to the people they came with, just kind of sat together and became fast friends. So that's a great opportunity to meet new people um, while exploring the city together. Yeah, that sounds super fun and a great way to meet people as well. And especially if you're like new to the city, I'm sure that that'd be like fun to meet new people. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far. I just want to jump in real quick to tell you about today's sponsor, Audible. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash hustlenomics for your free audiobook. And so there's like bikes like this in other cities, right? Because that's where you got the idea. And you know, there's touring companies and all that. And a lot of times they have to have very specific branding. And it helps people like, oh, that's that so-and-so bike tour. And they recognize it just because of their branding. So have you guys done that yet? Are you in the process of it? What's that been like for y'all? Yeah, so we kind of wanted to make sure that we had a solid brand from the start. So we had a specially designed logo for us came up with a name that was unique, as well as a slogan. I think the slogan was the fun part to come up with. Um, Our slogan is pedal the ATL. um, And that kind of fills up our all our hashtags and how we um, kind of identify ourselves. And it's on our t shirts and things like that. So I think that was really important to us to have that unique identity. So, you know, this isn't, you know, completely isolated, um, business. It's easy to kind of start up and several other cities have multiple companies in their city. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to stand out um, from just a pure marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. And then the second uh, part that we are trying to differentiate ourselves on is that with our specialty tours, as I mentioned earlier, the brunch tour, the fitness tour, um, also looking into, you know, tours at, at Georgia Tech or Georgia State, things like that. So things that kind of separate us from other similar party bikes um, and providing a unique experience, something that um, is really, truly special um, versus just doing the pub crawl. Even though the pub crawl is really fun and a great way to explore the city, um, if we have people who are here in Atlanta, what what can we do to up our game for them. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned those specialty tours, um, which I think is such a cool idea. And I'm sure that involves a lot of partnering with people and as well, the pub crawl, just, you know, finding out places that you can stop and partnering with those places. So um, what has that been like uh, working with these partners and building those relationships? 
Yeah, I think that's the one of the funnest parts is being, you know, we have to go test out the food and drinks, which is a lot of fun and make sure this is a great place to go visit. We don't want to uh, send people to places that, you know, aren't very lively um, or don't have good food or drinks. Um, so testing has been really fun, but then trying to find or build relationships with these bars has been very special to us. We want to make sure that we are building partnerships uh, where it's mutually beneficial for everybody involved. Um, so we've identified some really awesome restaurants here and bars here in, in Midtown and have kind of coordinated with their owners or their managers to come up with uh, specials that we provide to our guests, either with food or drinks. Um, and then also are working on the specialty tours to kind of have everything um, all inclusive. So it's been a lot of working together, collaborating on how we can partner um, best. Uh, we're also delving into partnering with breweries to create specialty brewery tours. So it's a lot of contacting these folks and just sitting down and brainstorming ideas on how we can make the tour special for our guests. Um, and that's actually been a really fun part of this job is meeting new people through um, kind of developing those relationships um, and going to events to kind of scope out what's going on in the city to continue to build relationships. Definitely. So if someone's listening, they're interested in maybe like reaching out to maybe start partnering with people for their business. Do you have some practical things that you got together before you started reaching out to people? Like for example, a media kit or, or something that you put together. So you go up to these partners and you look legit and you know, that relationship can actually start to grow. So what would you suggest to people who are wanting to start out building those relationships? Yeah. So, you know, that sounds like a smart idea. And Daniel and I are both consultants. So PowerPoints were our thing. So from the very beginning, we started creating very professional looking PowerPoints and letters of how we wanted to present ourselves to businesses. Except for most of it just got thrown out the door. <laughs> it's, you know, when we're talking about building relationships, it's got to be personal, right? So when we are going to meet with a brewer, a brewery, you know, we're just trying to to build that relationship, get to know each other, um, share. A lot of it's just it's in person. It's you know, if they can come to us, we can show off our bikes. If they can, if we can go to them, um, they show off their beers and um, and stuff like that in their breweries. So it's a lot of more personal relationship building, and then we will share any decks or any letters. Uh, we try to keep things very short and simple. People don't have time to read large uh, presentations about, you know, what it is you're trying to do. You have to keep it short, simple, and sweet um, and to the point. So we try to try to do that. But our first point of contact is always very casual um, only so we can actually build a relationship because it's hard to build a relationship over paper. It's easier to do it, you know, by having a conversation and keeping things light. Definitely. And I would love to hear your perspective on like the legal side of everything, because you have a business background, business degree and all that stuff. And so how did you go about putting together the legal side of things, contracts and all that stuff? So we, we don't have a lawyer on hand per se for, for, for everything. Uh, there's definitely friends we have who have helped us along the way, especially when we got started, 
who help put together like our waiver or our employee contract. Um, so have relied heavily on those people we know with, that we have in our lives that could help um, kind of give us some, some knowledge on how to do this. Um, and a, there was been a lot of Googling and trying to figure out how we should be structuring our contracts. Um, mm-hmm. So it's been a lot of kind of trial and error. Um, and from, you know, because our bike is very unique, uh, we do need special permissions from the city and the state and all that kind of stuff. So we did have to hire a specialty lawyer that focuses on that um, to help us navigate um, that. That was something that it wasn't easy as Googling, you know, how do I do this, right? It, it's not very common in the state. So um, making sure we're finding the right experts to help us navigate um, through some of these things that are very murky um, has mm-hmm. been helpful. And again, we found that contact through a family friend who happened to knew, know about this law firm and their specialty. Um, so just relying on people that we have in our lives has been immensely uh, helpful. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's something a lot of us forget to do. Like, just ask your friends and family, like, hey, I'm really struggling with this. Do you know somebody that can help me? <laughs> it's like that easy, but... It can it can feel overwhelming trying to find somebody, but getting referrals from your friends and family, I feel like it's always the best way to go. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i a very independent person, middle child, used to doing things on my own. Uh, but this experience has definitely pushed me to really reach out to anybody I know. Um, and everybody is very happy to help. I've never gotten any true resistance from anybody mm-hmm. to help help us. Even from people that we don't really know that we just kind of met at an event or anything. If we ask, people are just always more than willing to help and share their expertise. I think everybody wants to feel wanted. Oh yeah. So just simply asking. And if they, if they don't, if they don't have time, um, you know, then they're usually willing to say, Hey, I don't have time, but Hey, go talk to so-and-so because they might be able to help you. So it's definitely helped me grow in the in my ability to ask others for help when I need it. Um, and I can't, I can't always be that expert. Yeah, I think that's great. And it's, it's humbling, but like, just ask for help. You know, it's that simple. It's that simple. Worst somebody can do is say no, right? And that's not that bad. Exactly. Um, so you're doing all this amazing stuff while being a new mom as well. So talk to me a little bit about how that's been. Oh, this has been quite a challenge. Uh, I have a very rambunctious daughter who likes a lot of attention and likes to run around and likes to play uh, and does not like to be left alone for very long. (laughs) Um, So, I I mean, there are times where I just have to kind of play with her, but at the same time, do a little Google searching on my phone or, you know, when we're going for a walk, she sits in her in her biker or little car and you know, I'm Googling it while I'm walking. So it's a lot of balancing um, whenever there is even a remote opportunity. Um, even if it's five minutes, that's more than enough time to do a quick Google search on a on a particular bar that I'm, I'm interested in looking into. Um, and then nap times. Nap times are key. As much as I would like to nap while she naps, uh, that's usually time that I need to get stuff done even if it's stuff done around the house, because I'm not able to do it while I'm working. Um, I, I just have to make the most use of, of her nap times. And after she goes to bed, we 
you know, she could probably stay up a little later, but we like to just put her down at seven o'clock just so we could, you know, have personal time, have, you know, have dinner, do dishes, even stuff like that, and then get to work um, in the later part of the evening. Um, so it's just trying to kind of make use of whatever downtime I have um, and make the most of it. Uh, but I also value the family time. So when I am with her and she, you know, we are face to face aside from like walks and stuff like that, I definitely try to give her as much attention as I can um, and try to, you know, spend as much possible time as I can because I know that she wants it, I value it, um, and it's just best for our whole family. Yeah, I feel like new moms who are also business owners are time management ninjas. I've never seen a group of people be better at figuring out how to fit so much stuff into one day. <laughs> yes, and I, I always have to kind of sometimes just slap myself across the face and be like, is this adding value? Is this adding value to my family life, my home, or work? Um, and if it's not, then, you know, I just have to snap myself out of it and kind of keep moving. Um, but I'm always asking, is this a priority for me? Is this meeting the priorities in my life or not? Yeah, I think that's super smart. And people don't always ask themselves that question. But how have you evolved in being able to like say no to things when you feel like it's maybe not adding value to your life or your family or your business? Yeah, so that has been quite a challenge. Um so for years before I started this business, I was actually very involved in the community. I was a, mem- I'm a member of the Junior League of Atlanta. I was previously a board member for an organization called Sporty Girls. Um, and as we launched this business, I had to decide uh, what my priorities were. Family will always come first. Um, and, and, and the home I live in, those things will always, always come first. Um, and then you know, my job, my full-time job that pays the bills that make everything, you know, work, um, needs to be a priority as well. Um, and then this business, because this was, uh, this quickly became a passion of mine and something that's very rewarding for me. Um, so those volunteer opportunities, um, have had to fall by the wayside. Uh, but I, you know, I struggled with, you know, admitting, hey, I can't do everything. I need to let something go, but not wanting to disappoint other people. You know, I think I ended up stepping aside a little too late um, because I was just nervous because I, I, you know, I felt like I was disappointing people. But when I started to have those conversations with those folks that I needed to have the conversation with, everybody was very supportive. Um, everybody wants me to succeed in this business and were super excited for me when I told them about it. So, you know, once I had the conversation, I realized, hey, you know what? It's okay. Um, I, you know, I need to understand my limits. Everybody, you know, will understand and everybody will kind of figure out a way to make things work and move forward. Um, so I just needed to realize that. So I actually ended up stepping down from my role from the junior league um, at the end of 2017. And then more recently um, decided to step down on my role for Sporty Girls in order to make Southern Peddler a priority and to be able to still continue to make my family a priority. Um, so it was understanding my limits um, and having those tough conversations when I needed to and realizing that um, I'm not going to disappoint people as much as I think I'm going to disappoint them. Mm-hmm. And everybody does really want me to be successful. So if, if that means I need to step away, then I need to step away. 
Right. And so you mentioned you're still doing or still working a full-time job, right? Yes. What is that that you do? So I am a project manager for SunTrust, which is a regional bank here in the, the Southeast area. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just do specialty projects um, as needed for the organization that I uh, work in. But this opportunity has actually helped me a lot in my everyday job. Um, in you know, even if it's I have to I have to put together a lot of presentations, but because I'm practicing so much and putting together presentations that are short, sweet, and simple in the Southern peddler life, that I'm actually using a lot of that technique in the workspace as well, um, and then also building relationships with people that. I may not work with on a daily basis in order to get information I need or to get things done, um, getting a lot better at building those relationships in the workplace. Uh, so I'm definitely translating mm-hmm. a lot from Southern Peddler to SunTrust, but also the other way around from SunTrust to um, Southern Peddler. Um, it, it just it's worked really nicely um, together to be able to bounce ideas from one to the other. That's awesome. And I feel like that's such a great perspective on it because a lot of people, I mean, including myself, I'm still doing a nine to five job as well as all my other side hustles, but a lot of people kind of don't see how they can help each other out. And I think that's a a good perspective to just kind of always learn from what you're doing and see how it can help you in other parts of your life. Yeah. It's something I've always kind of done. Um, and even, you know, when I didn't like a job, I always try to think about, well, what value am I getting out of this? Because even though I may hate the job, there's some value I'm getting out of it. Yeah. Um, and so, and it's something I will, you know, kind of really think about. And then when I jump to the next job, I'm leveraging those skills that I learned in the previous job to help me with the next one. Um, and sometimes that made sense, uh, like my Excel skills. Um, but sometimes it doesn't and I still make it work. (laughs) So, uh, and or I bring a new perspective by using tools that I learned about, um, in a new way, um, in the next role. Yeah. Even the worst job can teach you something, even if it's just like, I never want to have a job like this again. (laughs) If that's all you learn, that's something, right? And it makes it a little bit more bearable, right? To say that, okay, I'm getting, I really am getting something out of this, Mm -hmm. It's not for nothing. Yeah, definitely. So it sounds like all this kind of sparked because of your love of travel. So I'm a huge traveler myself, and I would love to hear some of the places you've been, um, but also like what you believe travel adds to your life. We love traveling so much. Uh, right now, I am staring at this wall of photos of places that we've been. Um, and so I'm looking like, in France, we went down to um, Aix-en-Provence, which is so beautiful. That whole southern France area is just so beautiful. We went to Nice. Probably one of the funnest trips that mm-hmm. Daniel and I have had. Uh, went to go see lavender fields and um, tried some absinthe and had a great, great night. Uh, you know, things like that. So it was a lot of fun. Um I think one of my favorite places has been Italy. We went there for our honeymoon. Um, it's somewhere we have, you know, I at least have wanted to go for, for years. Um, and finally we're able to go together, which was really special. Uh, so we traveled all over. We went for two weeks for our honeymoon and traveled all over the country. Um, and 
part of doing Southern Peddler is to all also at some point have an early retirement. I don't want to wait until I'm 65 to start, you know, really living life and enjoying it. So want to make sure that we set up some, you know, way for us to be able to financially afford to move overseas for a year or two, um, take our daughter with us and, you know, maybe have her go to school there and really immerse ourselves in the culture. Um, I think we're, it's probably going to be Italy. We're very excited about having that time in Italy. Um, So that's part of having this business is to be able to have that opportunity to do that. Um, We travel just because as much as we love our hometown, there's so much in the world to see. And, you know, it's just fun to experience other people's culture and food. We're big foodies, so we definitely love to eat everywhere we go and drinks um, and things like that. So, and we we don't like to do the typical touristy type things. We definitely find unique opportunities to explore wherever we go. Um, Daniel is our is my tour uh, is my travel agent and plans everything to a T. Reservations almost every night or with some flexibility. Um, but he definitely finds those off the beaten path activities that we can do that make our tour special. But that also makes it very difficult for us to be able to travel with other people. We don't like to travel with other people because we don't like to do all the touristy things. So yeah, that's kind of our, our experience with traveling. That's awesome. Um, do you have any big goals, like specific projects or anything um, with Southern Peddler that's coming up in the next year that you're really excited about? Yeah, it's really building out those specialty tours, the brunch tour and the fitness tour. I'm hoping to get that launched at the end of this month. Um, I cannot just tell you enough how excited I am about about doing this um, and incorporating something that can be mundane as working out and just making it a little bit more fun to do with a group and pedal to experience all those different kinds of workouts. So I am just truly excited about that. But we we just continue to make it as unique an experience as possible and try to continue to build the business. Since it is a launch year, you know, there's just going to be a lot of effort put into trying new things. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, we'll kind of go on to the next idea. We're constantly brainstorming uh, new ideas or when we collaborate with other um, partners, you know, coming up with new things to do. Um, so we're still in that trial and error kind of phase. Mm-hmm. And are there any resources out there like books or courses or other podcasts or anything like that, that you have found really helpful for starting your business that you would recommend? You know, I wish there was, I think that's part of the problem with starting a business is that there's no one place to get all this information. Um, it's a lot of Googling and trying like, just reading lots of different articles um, and coming up with what works for you because every business is, is unique and um, you know, you're starting it because you feel like there's something different about what you, how you can deliver it versus somebody else. Right. So there's, I don't think there's a single book or resource that's ever going to help one resource that's going to help anybody. I think you have to really, um, dig into different people's perspectives and take what you want out of that and kind of build it yourself. Um, so that's why, I, I mean, I'm constantly reading or, you know, looking up different ways for marketing, for example, on, you know, what tools should we use? Um, how do we make our posts a little bit more unique and stand out a little bit more? Things like that. I think it's just taking 
what you appreciate out of other people's opinions and lessons learned um, and making them your own. Yes, absolutely. So I'm sure everyone's going to want to follow you on your journey and book a tour around Atlanta. So where are some ways that people can find you? Yes. So we have a website that's uh, southernpeddler.com. Um, you can book directly on the site. It's a secure site. Um, and it has all the information you might need about where we go, what your tour options are, a little bit more about our specialty tours. Um, so everything's on there. Uh, we re- would really appreciate having people follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, that's where we post about any specials we have. Like this week, we're doing a $25 special to celebrate the 4th of July. Um, so that's that's the main place to get um, all of your information about discounts and specials. And if you um, join our newsletter to get more information, we do offer a 10% off discount um, for all our guests to use on any ride that they join us on. Awesome. Well, guys, go check out Southern Peddler if you're in Atlanta or if you're visiting. I'm sure it's an awesome way to see our beautiful city. And Ronnie, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yes. Thank you, Katie. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Ronnie. Before I sign off, I just wanted to say thank you to our very first Patreon supporter. Women's Wellness Weight Management has now become an official sponsor of the podcast, and you can too by heading over to Patreon and choosing a tier that you would like to donate. By donating, you get access to a lot of different things from bonus episodes, free merchandise, and a whole lot more. So guys, if you're interested in supporting the show, just head on over to the Hustlenomics podcast website and click the Patreon button. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Hustlenomics podcast. Be sure to visit www.hustlenomicspodcast.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover bonus content. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, just head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. For questions about the podcast or if you want to apply to be a guest, use the contact form found on our website. Thank you for listening, and until next time, keep hustling.